You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Once again, for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Before you know it, it's going to be Easter. That's right, Easter, right around the corner. And just like with Valentine's Day, just like with Christmas, just like with the Thanksgiving holiday, no better place to take care of those special treats than right there at Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, how was your weekend, my man? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, had to do a lot of cleaning up because we're getting ready to move two doors down in the same apartment complex. Uh, but other than that, man, pretty chill. You know, I don't know if there's anything more stressful ever than moving. And I understand what you just said about moving two doors down. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you move one door down. Moving has got to be has got to be the most stressful thing that we endure uh, in a lot of instances. And then it also can put stress on friendships, right? Because you need to dial up your bros or your pals. You could use an extra strong back or two. And, boy, nobody likes answering that call, it seems like. Hard to find. That's when you find out who your really good friends are, Jacob, when it comes time to move. Well, see, and now all, all my friends, you know, have to go cover baseball and softball this weekend. Yeah, they're so working. it's, it's going to yeah. be rough. And, and you're absolutely right, though. And you know, we, my wife and I, have moved around a lot, but we've lived in this one apartment for, for about two and a half years now. Uh, so now it's to the point of we don't know what to pack and what to just carry over there, and that is the most stressful part about the whole situation: the stuff, the accumulation of stuff. Yeah. That's what really takes it to another level, no doubt about that. We got a lot of stuff to talk about on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Winners and losers, as we like to do here on the Monday edition of the program. I'll tell you what, Jacob, uh, not many losers when it comes to University of Alabama athletics over the weekend, huh? I mean, whether you want to talk baseball, whether you want to talk softball, whether you want to talk men's and women's basketball, Gymnastics might have had the most impressive performance of the weekend, especially when you consider who was on the other side of the mat with a season-high score in that meet with LSU in town for the Power of the Pink meet on Friday night. You can uh, you can throw a rock and hit a winner around uh, Bryant Drive right now, I think. It's a big weekend overall for, for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, though, and this is what Alabama fans kind of expected, too, was to be absolutely dominant in every single sport. It's kind of built up to that, and now with Nate Oates and Brad Bohannon kind of bringing those programs up, it's a fun thing to see. It's the best time in the world to be an Alabama fan. It's hard to hard to argue with that, and when you made the shift to Greg Byrne as your athletic director nearly four years ago, that exactly what Jacob just said. That was kind of the expectation, was that uh, football certainly, certainly 
is the uh, cruise liner of the boats, but uh, you know you, you get the 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 tide, the crimson tide rising uh, in football. It should rise all boats, and that is exactly what we're seeing now. Look, for some of these programs, this is nothing new. You know, this isn't a, a football effect for softball. You know, we know during some very lean years and some other sports of note in the athletic department, softball was the beacon, the, the shining example of what you wanted the rest of the department to be. The same for gymnastics. Uh, but you are seeing it more so across the board and certainly men's basketball with another important win. I won't say it was a pretty win. They're not all going to be aesthetically pleasing, okay? They're not all going to be 115 to 82. It's not going to be that way every Saturday. Some Saturdays, some midweeks, you're going to have to muddle through. You're going to have to win almost in spite of yourself, especially when the identity of your club is not coming through to the extent that you would like. And that was the case for Alabama against Vanderbilt on Saturday afternoon at Coleman Coliseum. Crimson Tide guts out. A four-point win over the visiting Commodores. This, despite shooting, just 25.6% from three. Took 39 threes. Hey, it wasn't for a lack of trying that Alabama wasn't very good behind the three-point line. They kept getting them up. Made just 10 of 39. Uh, He got just 14 combined points from Herb Jones and John Petty. It was senior day, so you had an interesting starting lineup. Good for those folks. Uh, but you get you get a skewed bench points line because Jaden Shackelford actually came off the bench with it being senior day, and he picks up the slack. And that's what you have to do to go deep in the NCAA tournament. You can't just be one or even two guys. You've got to have a third, fourth, maybe even a fifth guy that can carry you a little bit when needed. And that was Jaden. 27 points. He, too, struggled from behind three. From the three, just one of nine. Um, but what was he, nine of 11 from everywhere else? Nine of 12 uh, from two in the game. Has that two-way ability, both as a driver and as a shooter. Can beat you in transition. Javon Quinterly goes for 15 off the bench. And you get it done down the stretch with Herb Jones fouled out. The final four minutes, you're able to... Pretty much hold serve, keep things even down that final four minutes, and you get out of there with the win. We told you that Dylan DeSue and Scottie Pippen Jr. were going to be the obvious guys from the Vanderbilt perspective that Alabama would have to deal with, and those two guys came through for the most part. Uh, most part. Scottie Pippen Jr. with 24, Dylan DeSue, another monster game. He had a monster game against Kentucky midweek last week. I think it was 26 and 19 against Kentucky. Yeah, 29 and 16 against Kentucky midweek last week. He goes for 17 and 15 on Searity. And then they get 18 from Evans, another guard. And there you got yourself a four point game. Alabama did a decent job of taking care of the ball in the game and got 20 points from the free throw line. So that'll work. They'll keep the turnovers down, get to the free throw line. Percentage from the free throw line was pretty average. Right around 70%, but you get 20 points from there. And so Alabama now at 18 and 5 in the league, 13 and 1 in league play. Magic number is one. Fun trip. We've been talking about this Arkansas trip for a couple weeks now. And what you really wanted to do was minimize the importance of it by the time it got here in terms of the SEC regular season championship race. And I'd say Alabama has been successful in doing that. Regardless of what happens Wednesday night at Bud Walton Arena in Fayetteville. You're still only going to need one more win or, really, I would think, one more Arkansas loss. Yes, LSU's in that mix, too, at uh, with, with four losses, three back in the loss column. But it uh, seems like an inevitable, inevitability at this point for the Alabama men's basketball team. Also, Alabama women's hoops, a winner on Sunday. The Crimson Tide completes a season sweep of once mighty Mississippi State. Alabama women now 15-6, and 8-6 and six in the league after that win over the Bulldogs and a lock at this point to make the NCAA tournament on the women's side. 
First time since 1999, Crimson Tide right now, solo sixth in the SEC. And any time the Alabama women's team gets a combined 54 points from Jasmine Walker, Jordan Lewis, and Araya Copeland, they're going to win a lot of games. And that's what happened yesterday afternoon at Coleman Coliseum. We talked about the men's team keeping turnovers to a reasonable number. Nine turnovers for the Alabama women yesterday, 20 assists. You'll take that. You'll take that assist-to-turnover ratio all day long. Baseball completes a three-game season-opening sweep over McNeese State at the Joe over the weekend. Connor Prelip does what Connor Prelip does on Friday afternoon or Friday night, whichever it may be. Eight strikeouts, no runs allowed. Five innings of work for the Crimson Tide ace. Good stuff offensively from Zane Denton. Corner infielder goes 7 of 12, two home runs, including a walk-off on Saturday. Five RBI for Denton over the weekend. Owen Diodati, the Canadian, six RBI in that series sweep of McNeese. Peyton Wilson, another Wilson man. All those Wilson brothers in the University of Alabama. John Parker, Ross, Peyton. I like Peyton Wilson because he gives his baseball team a lot of flexibility right up the middle in his ability to play center field, play second base, freeze Brad Bohannon up to do some different things, figure some things out, maybe at shortstop, even at second. But Peyton Wilson at the top of that lineup with a big weekend for the Alabama men's, well, for the Alabama baseball team. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Some other topics that we'll get into on this Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. We'll get into a little Alabama softball as we move along as well. Two wins over LSU that won't go on the conference ledger for Patrick Murphy's team, but very impressive nonetheless because we are talking about an LSU team that is top 10 in the country. Kaylee Tao. Have a weekend, Kaylee. It was more like Kaylee Wow in the four games of the Bama Bash. 11 of 14 and 9 RBI for Kaylee Tao. Just go 786 for the four games from the plate. Seven runs. Alyssa Brown, table setter, whether you utilize her at the top or the bottom of the lineup. Six for 10, five runs on the weekend. Bailey Dowling, the freshman shortstop. She looks like the next big thing for Patrick Murphy's team. Bailey Dowling, uh, five for 13, three doubles. Her first career home run, I believe, over the weekend. Seven RBI. And then Lexi Kilfoyle, all this pitching depth that Murph's got. Montana Fouts kind of worked her way through a performance yesterday in which Alabama ended up ochoing. It used to be called diming. You know, there was a 10-run rule that you had. Maybe you remember even in Little League Baseball. But even in softball, you would dime teams. You'd 10-run them. Well, now you ocho them. It's an 8-run rule. And Alabama was able to do that to LSU yesterday, but Lexi Kilfoyle in the circle for Alabama over the weekend, 2-0, 0.64 ERA and 11 innings of work, six strikeouts. Her second year, she is blossoming into one of the better, not just pitchers, she can hit too, but uh, Murph's got a good situation offensively going right now, it looks like, with this team. Going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor over the weekend. I'm going to ask Jacob Harrison for his thoughts on it. It is NFL, SEC, football sort of related. Yeah, I heard a rumor. What about Deion Sanders, too? Maybe we'll talk some Deion. Our coach prime, as he is demanded to be referred to as the first-year head coach over there at Jackson State. We'll get into Deion's debut with JSU. Had a little bit of everything, it sounds like, over there in Jackson, Mississippi. And also, as we get later in the program, maybe we'll talk some safety position for Alabama football. Man, we're going to hit on all of it. On a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports, more of the show presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and is brought to you by Ceasefire. Add Ceasefire Fiber to your roster at ceasefire.com slash ALFiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball celebrated Senior Day on Saturday with an 82-78 win over Vanderbilt in Tuscaloosa. Head coach Nate Oates met with the media after the win. 
fortunate to get a win. Happy for the seniors on senior uh, day to get the win. Proud of them for what they've done for the program. You know, they, I mean, it's their team. I, you know, I tell these guys numerous times, I, you know, I've been coaching a long time. I've got a lot of years left in coaching. You guys have limited time to play this game. This is your team. You're going to decide what you get out of it. And these seniors have done a good job of taking ownership of this team and, and doing that. So I'm proud of these guys. I think we're one win away from clinching at least a share of the regular season title, which would be huge for this senior group. I'll have more in a moment. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats. Slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call Seaspire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Seaspire Business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com. Join us tonight for Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance on the network at 6 p.m. Central. We'll be hosting the show live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa. And we'll be joined during the show by women's basketball head coach Christy Curry, as well as men's basketball head coach Nate Oates. The show begins at 6 p.m. and we'll be streaming live as well on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Seaspire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Showers ending, a clearing sky this afternoon. The high today, 61. For tonight, clear with the low at 38. Tomorrow and Wednesday, lots of sunshine both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow, 66. The high Wednesday at 71 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Monday might need a little juice, a little Judas juice, as in Judas Priest. I know Jacob likes his metal. So uh, a Judas Priest Monday playlist dedicated to Jacob Harrison. How about that, Jacob? You, you like that? I appreciate that. Yeah, I played some Judas in uh, Gary's show as well. So it's always All a right. good way to start off a week is with some Metal <laughs> Monday, man. Uh, Rob Halford and the boys. Legend. Yes, he is. We talked about Iron Maiden here in the last week or so. Uh, part of my survival of my teenage years, Jacob, involved a couple of Judas Priest concerts. Like 83 to 85, 83 to 86. Yes. Bruce Dickinson. Rob Halford. They're about as good as it gets. True heavy metal front men, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Range and talent zero. that has Absolutely. not been seen in a long time. No, I mean, vocally, just incredibly dynamic for that genre. No doubt about it. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, um, just released here in the last few moments, the Alabama men's basketball team now checks in at number six. In your latest AP uh, poll. So there you go. Highest AP top 25 ranking this late in a season since 2002, according to the Alabama men's basketball Twitter account. And of course, 2002, that Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team under Mark Godfrey won the regular season SEC title. So there you go. More good news for Alabama men's hoop. And it looks like Alabama men's basketball right now inching up that two-seed line, venturing closer and closer to perhaps a one-seed 
in the 2021 NCAA tournament. Big one Wednesday night. Big one Wednesday night as far as that goes. You win that one. Uh, you like your chances. You like your chances on the road at Mississippi State. But look, as we've talked about with this league throughout the year, who the heck knows at this point? We thought Ole Miss was playing great. Ole Miss was playing great. And then Ole Miss lays a basketball egg bowl egg on its home floor over the weekend to Mississippi State, who wasn't playing well at all. So who knows? But uh, an interesting week coming up for Alabama men's hoops. Then, of course, you'll close things out at home with the Auburn Tigers, and then we'll find out. We'll see what happens with that Texas A&M game. But Alabama men's hoop up hoops up to number six in the Associated Press poll. Uh, I watched a little... I don't know if Jacob watched any of this. I watched a little of Deion Sanders and the Jackson State Tigers yesterday in their 53 to nothing win over Edward Waters College. And I watched it as much. What people don't understand, Edward Waters is an NAIA program located in the old hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm just going to give you sort of a perspective of where Edward Waters football comes from. And when you see them on your scroll there at the bottom of ESPN or ESPN2 and you're seeing the scores come across like Jackson State over Edward Waters, where I went to middle school, one of the middle schools I went to anyway, in Jacksonville, was what uh, was a middle school whose, whose football field, literally has been used by Edward Waters as its collegiate football field. So we're not talking about Nebraska 95 here with Ed Waters. But still, there was plenty of attention. How about Troy Aikman showing up? Showing up to uh, wish his old Dallas Cowboy teammate, Deion Sanders, well there in the pregame. And then Deion postgame said uh, his valuables were stolen during the course of the game. But then Jackson State officials counter that and say, oh, they were just misplaced. Everything's been found. Everything's good. Weird day over in Jackson, Mississippi. But Dion now 1-0 as a college football coach. Hey, um, Jacob, I did hear a rumor over the weekend, by the way. I heard a, yes, we love some Bananarama. Yeah. I did hear a rumor. Ladies, I absolutely did. Um, Let me ask you this, Jacob. If the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to sell a ton of Trevor Lawrence jerseys, how many Tim Tebow jerseys do you think the Jags could sell? Quite a few. I remember that being a a very big thing when uh, Peyton Manning was headed on out to the Old West and uh, the speculation that he would head to Jacksonville. I don't know if that would be a great idea now after two retirements. I'm just telling you, Jacob, it's ramping up. The Tebow to Urban, his old Florida coach, in his hometown, Tebow's hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, with the Jags as perhaps a Taysom Hill-type option utility-type player, special teamer, which is what Tim should have done pretty much all along, right? It's too bad he's 33 years old and just now figuring this out. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's done. I'm just saying, Jacob, they're on Tebow alert down in Northeast Florida. Aren't they always on Tebow alert out of Jacksonville? Well, they they are. (laughs) They love them some Tebow. Although, I've talked to some folks down there that they're – they, they, they kind of cringed when it was when that topic was broached. They just feel like the ship has sailed, you know. But it, I'm just saying, it's ramping up. Tim Tebow, potentially, with his hometown, Jacksonville Jags. You could have Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow, but Tim won't be playing quarterback, from what I understand, if it does go down. Just something to keep an eye on. You know what else you've got going on? This isn't a rumor, by the way, so we can... Uh, yeah, we love Bananarama, by the way, here on the program. Not a rumor, but uh, now we've reached the point with transfers 
that we actually have transfer portal player rankings on 247sports.com. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, you got so many of these guys in the portal. And we've talked about Dan Mullen before, and we've given Dan some grief for reeling in, like, what, the 13th-ranked recruiting class and for the 2021 cycle, given his proximity to some of the very best talent in all of the country. But Dan continues to kill it, man, in the portal. And when you look at these recently re- uh, recently released transfer ratings from 247sports.com, Dan's got the top two on the list right now. He's got Eric Gilbert, of course, the former LSU tight end who is making the jump to Gainesville, and Demarcus Bowman, former Clemson running back. He checked in at number two in these rankings. So Gilbert and Bowman, one, two, headed to Florida. And something I didn't realize when you look at Alabama's season opening opponent, the Miami Hurricanes, they have picked up a couple of big-time transfers. Tyreek Stevenson. This one I hadn't seen. This I, I didn't realize that Tyreek Stevenson had left Georgia for Miami. And also Charleston Rambo, former Oklahoma Sooner wide receiver, is off to Coral Gables and Miami. So a couple of guys to keep in mind as we – creep closer to that 2021 season opener in Atlanta, Georgia that day between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Miami Hurricanes. Derek King, obviously, going to be a major storyline. Quarterback in general for that game going to be a major storyline as we creep closer and closer to that matchup in his knee and where he's at in his recovery after sustaining a serious knee injury in the Sooners' bowl loss. We're going to head to another break. When we come back, I got another question. I got a lot of questions on this Monday. I got another question for Jacob Harrison. Because apparently it was a question that was asked of Devontae Smith. And according to this report, Devontae, when asked to make a call between Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones in, in, in talking with a club, at the Senior Bowl, was definitive, boisterous in his answer to that question. To or Mac, according to Devontae Smith. We'll talk about that and more when a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM returns right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. from the mainstream where heavy metal is concerned that cut right there is top five I think I think so what say you Jacob I'm talking about not the hardcore metal heads Jacob but just as far as mainstream notoriety another one coming is that a is that top five metal I uh, hmm. Because I would think that that a lot of bands only have like one. You know, like Metallica would have Enter Sandman, Ozzy would have Crazy Train. And if I had to give one to Judas, then it would probably be Living After Midnight. Living After Midnight would be up there. Headed out to the highway. That was the thing about Judas, man. They were not one trick ponies at all. Not at all. Like when you had heart when you had legit hard rock stations, terrestrial hard rock stations you heard this one a lot 
in the 80s. Back in my day, Jacob. I'm going to go outside and start screaming at clouds here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Speaking of screaming at clouds, there's a topic. Here's a topic that might get some folks to do that. Tua or Mac? And according to the Monday morning quarterback, an arm of Sports Illustrated, one club at the Senior Bowl asked Devontae Smith point blank that very question. Tua or Mac? And according to the Monday morning quarterback report, Devontae did not hesitate in going Mac Jones over Tua Tonga Vailoa. Mac over Tua. According to a source now. But it is an interesting debate, isn't it? And if you're Devontae Smith from his perspective, there's you would think it would be it would be the sort of question that you might not be as quick to respond because of what we're talking about, second and twenty-six. The two thousand eighteen college football playoff game, but you won the Heisman Trophy, right? With Mac Jones. But according to this report, it wasn't all that hard of a decision. It wasn't one that uh, Devontae apparently needed time to contemplate in making his call. Um, here's my thing. If you just put them out there together and tell them to throw 18-yard outcuts from the opposite hash mark, I don't know how you're going to go against Tua Tonga-Vailoa in that matchup. But the numbers are what they are, especially in a season against all Power 5 competition, against 11 SEC opponents. It's still hard for me, though. And I appreciate Mac's season. Phenomenal. A season for all time. I guess I just didn't have... I needed a little more time to savor how good Tua was. But that being said... Tua struggled to stay on the field. That's the bottom line. That's the harsh reality, I think, of the Tua legacy at Alabama. It's more what if than what was. Yes, there was the second half performance against Georgia in that aforementioned national championship game. But when you look at the full body of work because of injury, it just never really reached its ceiling with Tua. You, 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 Tua left, and you felt like there was still a lot more that on the table for Tua, right? Mac leaves, and you don't really think there's much else left to be done. And in terms of legacy, this is where Mac, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't with the thought totally in mind, where he got it right is. He's leaving on top, and he's leaving with his guys. He's leaving with Waddle. He's leaving with Najee. He's leaving with Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson. In other words, he isn't going to come back next year and still have maybe a really good year, but not statistically the year that he had in 2020 and sort of leave it up to debate exactly you know, what he was as a quarterback at Alabama. And he just put up a season for all time. For a team in a season of all time. What do you think, Jacob? Is it an easy question to answer for you? Do you have a definitive choice when the topic of Tua and Mac comes up? I think Tua is the better quarterback, but I think it that really stemmed from situations and and him already being professional and, and having some success there as well. But when it comes to the, to Devontae, you can kind of understand it. I At least on a base level, Devontae saw most of his success come with Mac Jones. Mac Jones throws a much easier ball to catch. I think I, I think the, the lack of arm strength sometimes plays to his favor a little bit uh, with his wide, wide receivers. Uh, so I, I, I halfway resent the comment about the opposite hash out routes but <laughs> because I think he can still be successful regardless oh, of that I, deficiency. I, I think, <laughs> oh, I think he can throw it. 
that's I, I wasn't saying Mac Jones can't throw that. Of course. I'm just saying with Tua, it's elite. Um, watching him do that. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. More so, if you just put the two guys out there, which we know football doesn't. That's not what the game is about. I mean, I can go back to Brody Croyle, and I still tell people this about Brody Croyle, and this is going way back. But, you know, in that time frame that I was able to really watch Brody Croyle, and under Mike Shula, we had more access to practices. I mean, we would be at practices in the preseason during seven-on-seven. That's never going to happen. That's never happened, really, under Nick Saban. You might have a fan day practice where you see that, or the spring game, you know, or something like that. But, you know, having access to to Brody from a practice perspective, I'll still tell just about anybody. If you just want to put quarterbacks out there with wide receivers and say, okay, throw the entire route tree, I'll still put Brody Crowell against anybody that's come through Alabama, including Tua. But there's obviously far more to quarterback play. And that's where the appreciation for Mac comes in, not just in terms of, yes, he can make that throw, uh, but he does some things intuitively, instinctively, and, Matt, and Tua does too, um, that that just exceed other players. So uh, now it's an interesting question, and it's also interesting, as we've talked about, and Jacob just hit on too, is how do you view it if you're Devontae Smith? Well, you just came off a season in which you rewrote what was left of the Alabama record books, and uh, your team went 13-0, and and you won the Heisman Trophy. And you won the Blitnikoff. I mean, you took every major, just about individual award an offensive player can, player in general can do take. And so, I guess it would be hard to say anyone but Mac Jones if you're Devontae Smith. Conspiracy theory time. Two is left-handed, opposite spiral. Devontae as a wide receiver wants that normalized spiral. Ah, a little easier ball to catch. I will say this, Jacob. You watch Mac throw it, and it has to be a delight, as you said, for receivers to deal with. And Tua, even though I think there was more spin rate, more velo on his throws, they seem very catchable in their own right. So uh, it's been a great situation, no doubt about it, for the Alabama football at the quarterback position these last three or four years. Going to head to a final break when we come back. Let's talk some Alabama defense, maybe. Maybe some safeties at the University of Alabama as we move forward. Spring football upon us at UA. Some men's basketball talk as well. All of that and you at 205-342-9904 when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Gary is Showers ending, a clearing sky this afternoon. The high today, 61. For tonight, clear with the low at 38. Tomorrow and Wednesday, lots of sunshine both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow, 66. The high Wednesday at 71 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, alongside executive producer Jacob Harrison with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Jacob, the play of the Alabama safeties in 2020. 
how would you grade it? What type of evaluation would you give Jordan Battle, DeMarco Ellums, Daniel Wright, the youngsters, Malachi Moore, Brian Branch, they were pretty much almost exclusively sub-package guys. Malachi at the star, Brian Branch at money in the dime, but also, as we saw in the college football playoff, asked to pick up the slack left by the injury to Malachi Moore at the star position. Were you impressed by the Alabama safeties in 2020, Jacob? Or do you feel like there's uh, there's some room to grow there? Well, if you consider Moore and Branch safeties instead of nickel corners, then they get a full letter grade more than, than whatever they start out with. We go start with, out with. Base, base positions for them, and they are, best I can tell, safeties in the base. But, yes, you could – certainly look at Malachi as either and Branch did some of that as well I I, I like Battle and I like Helms and and Daniel Wright's a, a much better player than a lot of people on social media like to you know give him credit for uh, but I still think that maybe there's probably at least the back end of it with with Battle and Helms and Wright that was probably the weakest spot on the defense but by, not, by no means were they terrible uh, and, and there's still plenty enough to to grow from there. I think Jordan battles the best out of, out of the back end safeties. And then with Malachi Moore, you're just looking at the, I, I keep saying the next Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think Moore is still his own player in, in his own way, just as well. I thought Malachi Moore season kind of Brian branch too this way was very reminiscent of Minka in 2015. You know, we had the revisionist history where, when a guy leaves Alabama and ends up becoming an all pro in the NFL, they never had any struggles, right? During their time at Alabama. I mean, it was just three years of all American level play and just eased right into the national football. League. Minka took his lumps in 2015. He took his lumps in that national championship game. Hunter Renfro made his name in a lot of ways at Minka's expense in that game in Glendale, Arizona. Now that was one of the few times Minka was very, very good, pretty much game in and game out during his time in Tuscaloosa. But yeah, it kind of surprises me in the aftermath of this season, you know, on the roundtable at BamaOnline.com or just talking to people about Alabama football is that, man, they got to improve on Malachi Moore and Brian Branch and those sub-package roles. And I'm thinking, what the hell were you watching? Because to me, I thought both were really, really good, especially as true freshmen. I thought Malachi Moore was outstanding. And where Malachi surprised me, it wasn't so much the coverage skills because he had a background coming out of high school at both safety and corner. So that told you the skill set was going to be there. Now, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world. And you play that star position, you still have to be physical. And more so than ever, you have to be able to run with number one receivers because collegiate offensive coordinators in the last five or six years have finally figured out, you know what? We can take our X or our number one guy and move him inside and get some really good matchups on these slot corners. So you can't be deficient in terms of coverage skills uh, at the star. And Moore was great there, I thought. You know, led the team in interceptions. But again, where he surprised me as much as anything was the physicality. Now, this is a guy who showed you he'll set an edge against the run. He'll set an edge against the quick game when they flip it out there. Brian Branch, I thought, was similar. You know, I kind of thought Branch, based on his high school tape, would be perfect for the money in that he showed the sort of hybrid ability as a box player to hold up in traffic and in the wash that you get caught up sometimes there in the box and you know, it was actually DeMarco Hellams that started the season in that role, but branch passed him up and the competition continued on throughout the season, not only at the money, but also at safety because it was actually Hellams who started those college football playoff games with Daniel Wright coming off the bench. But I agree with Jacob in that Jordan battle. Definitely, definitely the, uh, the every down guy. He has been that dude. Uh, he was that dude in 2020. He certainly got some some valuable experience in 2019 as a dime safety coming on and 
you know, the key for Alabama moving forward, and there's going to continue to be some really solid competition at those spots. And yes, I, I'm very much a, in the corner of Malachi Moore and Brian Branch, but don't take that to mean that I don't think there won't be some legit competition. Not just between those guys, but with what you continue to stockpile at the corner position. Because as we know, corner is another feeder to that star spot. And you're bringing in guys like Jaquincy McKinstry, right? You're bringing in Kyrie Jackson from the junior college ranks. You've got some incoming safeties that are immensely talented. Terry and Arnold, who you picked up there in the late period. Kadarius Callaway, a guy that when you watch his tape coming from the state of Mississippi, you start to think with what he was able to do on both sides of the ball in high school, he is sort of like the Mississippi McKinstry. Uh, but he's expected to be, I guess, more of a safety at Alabama. you got Kane Williams coming in from Louisiana, a good box player who has gotten better, has improved or did improve throughout his high school career as sort of a single high safety with some ball skills. So you're just stockpiling talent right now. And so with that, it's easy to see why a guy like Eddie Smith makes the move and decides to transfer out to to Illinois. But the explosive plays, no doubt, were an issue, especially in the first six or seven games of the season last year. You gave up, obviously. Some of the explosives against Florida, I think this is where some of this residue exists in relation to Moore and Brian Branch was like, well, kind of got lit up by Florida. Well, yeah, you know who they got lit up by? A couple of first-round picks coming up in April. Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, they did. You know who else got lit up for a 49-yard touchdown? Patrick Sertan. It wasn't just the young guys in that Florida game that got a taste of all that skill talent for the Gators. Uh, it was pretty much across the board in that one. And look, in a couple of situations, I thought Malachi Moore and Brian Branch were in perfect position, but you're trying to, you're trying to high point against a six, five, six, six tight end who can jump out of the, the roof of Mercedes Benz stadium. Are you trying to man up in the slot one-on-one with a burner like Kadarius Tony? Now, Trayvon Grimes, though, he got Patrick Sertan in that game, too. Patrick was in pretty good shape on that play. Perfect ball from Kyle Trask. Grimes makes the play. It's going to happen against offenses like that. I love the upside of Malachi Moore and Brian Branch. Again, though, doesn't mean that they are etched in stone for the next couple of three years. Because with the way Alabama is recruiting, there is going to be legitimate competition for the foreseeable future, that's not going to change. You're not bringing in Terry and Arnold and kind of basing or putting the the parameters on his first year as, well, special teams guy maybe competes for a dime roll. You know, this guy may come in here and be ready to do a lot more than just that. We'll see. But uh, Alabama in really good shape bringing back pretty much everyone in that safety room. You've also got Christian Story, who redshirted last year. Didn't see the field as a true freshman. This guy was the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Alabama for the 2019 high school football season. Now, Christian played at the smaller school level, so there was probably more of an adjustment to be made. Plus, in high school, Christian Story never really had the opportunity to focus on what was ultimately going to be his collegiate position. He was a quarterback for his dad on the high school level. He was a guy that in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, you saw him at running back. So he literally played all over the field. And now it's becoming more of a situation where he's making that adjustment, that adaptation to the uh, to the safety position. And... You know, you got a new uh, look in that secondary, more so at corner, with Carl Scott moving on to the NFL. I was talking to an NFL person, I guess you could say, in the last three or four days, and we got on the topic of Carl Scott and some of these guys. 
And the, the NFL person I was talking to was like, I don't see why any of these guys wouldn't make the jump to the NFL like Carl Scott did just because of the demands from recruiting, you know, so much more quality of life as an NFL assistant as compared to a collegiate assistant. For the 2021 season, the Jaguars have a safeties coach, a corners coach, and a slot corners coach. They've got every position essentially coached individually <laughs> under Urban Meyer. And, of course, uh, Charlie Strong down there going to coach the inside linebackers. Going to coach the inside linebackers for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Charlie Strong is. And, you know, there were some rumblings before Charlie – Went to Jacksonville. I might, might have to get that Bananarama fired back up, Jacob. Uh, there were some rumblings before Charlie went to Jacksonville that maybe Charlie was going to go on the field at Alabama with the linebackers and perhaps Pete Golding would go to the secondary. We'll never know, though, because instead, Charlie Strong is now an assistant coach with his old Florida boss, Urban Meyer, down there with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there you go. In the words of Paul Harvey, now you know the rest of the story. Good day. That's going to do it, thankfully, right? For a for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. It's been a lot of fun. Jacob Harrison, as always, doing a great job keeping us tween the ditches here on SFS. Your lunch whistle on a Monday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. You want to take care of that case of the Mondays? No better place to do it than at Southern Ale House, whether it's a great lunch to get those spirits up. And that happy hour will always cure what ails you there later this afternoon into the evening hours at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.